Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. And uh, let me start off by saying uh, to those of you that uh, last week after the message volunteered to serve uh, here at Parkway Fellowship, let me, let me just say thank you from me and the staff to the 256 people who volunteered for the first time to serve here at Parkway Fellowship. It's huge. Our staff and our ministry leaders, we were overwhelmed by the response and if all 256 of you, and, I, and we're still assimilating people into ministries and ministry teams here, if all 256 uh, fulfill their commitment and volunteer and serve, then we are going to be ready for the grand opening of our children's youth buildings here in just three weeks. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, this summer, I had one of my best friends, Mark, he called me to tell me that he was in town on business. Now, he lives in Tennessee, so we don't really get to see each other very much. So I drove downtown, and uh, we ate dinner together. You know, hung out. I mean, it was just, it was an awesome, awesome time. And um, one of the best things I like about Mark is that when we get together, man, it's like, you know, we just pick up right where we left off. You know, we don't have to do all that, you know, kind of polite catch-up stuff that you have to do with, like, the people that are just acquaintances. I mean, we really had a great time. We sat and we talked about... Um, you know, what God was doing in my life, what God was doing here at the park, and he was telling me about what the Lord was doing in his life, in his family, at his new job, um, and what the, we felt like the Lord had for both of our futures. I mean, it was, it was just a great time for us just to hang out and just to be together. Uh, he's just, honestly, he's just one of those life-giving friends for me, and, and I know that I'm the same for him. You know, and as I, as I was driving home, I was wondering, I was like, why is it that he and I are such good friends? I mean, what is it about it that makes us such good friends? And, uh, and I realized that it's because our friendship is based on Christ. And it is, it is the point of all of our discussions to encourage each other to continue to pursue Christ in our relationships in, 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 in our lives, that when we get together, we talk about, you know, the highs and the lows of what God has taken us through. We don't just simply talk about the good and the bad of what happened during the year. I mean, w- there's a God element that fills every part of our conversation, which is why our friendship is so rich and deep, and it honestly, it just takes it to a whole nother level. You know, and you want to know how Mark and I became friends? We became friends in a small group setting. Now, it wasn't at this church. It was in a small group that he and I were in like, you know, way back when. But that's how we became friends. And, it, and as I thought about all of my good friends that I have, did you know that every single good friend that I have came from a small group setting? Some at this church, some at another church, but every close friend I have basically came from 
a small group setting. Because it was in those small groups that those friendships started out because they were based on a relationship with Christ. Now let me take it one step further. Every friendship that my kids have, I have noticed, that the ones that they have, the friendships they've made that have become, that have come because of baseball or softball or soccer or swim team or dance or some other program at the Y, that pretty much when the season ends, the friendship ends. But I've also noticed that the friends that my kids have made that have lasted are the friendships that my kids have made in small group here at this church. And those are the friendships that I want my kids to have anyway. I mean, those are the ones that I really want them to have and want to last for them. And the danger for us this morning as adults is that we would have circles of temporary friendships that when the season is over or the project is finished or when someone moves away or when just the winds of life bring change, then that friendship winds down and comes to an end. And so we end up having these temporary circles of friendships that are here today and gone tomorrow, or we have so few, cl- few close friends that we can feel alone, even in a crowded room just like this. And the danger for our kids, I think, is even greater. Because as they experience, you know, temporary friendships, you know, cycles of friendships, you know, cycling in and then cycling back out, that having temporary relationships begins to feel normal for them. And in our society of divorce and weekend visitation, do we really want to reinforce the feeling of temporary relationships for our kids? Or do we want them to have relationships that will last? Relationships and friendships that will endure for the long haul. You see, part of leaving a legacy is through the friends that we make. Part of leaving a legacy is through the lives that we touch and the lives that touch us. And friendships that last are the ones that are based on a commitment to Christ, a mutual commitment to Christ. Now, I'm not saying that, like, everyone that goes to your small group is going to be your best friend. But what I am saying is that probably your best friends will all come out of a small group at some point in time. Look, as we get ready to open our youth and children's buildings and actually expand this worship center... In the next three weeks, as that, all of that opens in three weeks, we have a unique opportunity where we can reach out to people in our own church that feel lonely, to people that are out in the community that have been hurt or feel isolated or don't have any lasting friendships. We have an opportunity to reach out, for, out to them and include them by including them in, I want everybody to say it with me now, by including them in a... Small group. That's right, in a small group. Look, that's not my idea. That's God's idea. I mean, it started way back with the early church. In fact, the early church, they were so good at forming friendships. They were so wildly effective at caring for one another that the people on the outside looking in on these early Christians could not comprehend 
how they could so deeply care for each other. They just couldn't understand it. They did not get it. And the method that that early church used to develop and foster those friendships with each other came through the form of, guess what? Small groups. And it's in this tiny, short passage in the book of Acts that we get a glimpse of how those small groups worked in the early church. So, go ahead and pull out your worship notes. Let's take a look at that passage in Acts this morning. And let's begin by asking some questions. By asking, you know, how did, the, how did the early church use small groups? Why was it so effective at producing meaningful relationships? And also, what does God want me to do about it right now? Well, here's your first fill-in. Number one, here's the first, one thing that I can do. I need to join a small group to learn and grow. Join a small group to learn and grow. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 46, here's what the Bible says. It says, they, that's the early Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And now, where did all this happen? Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now, I don't know about you, but that part about, you know, meeting in homes and breaking bread, that sounds a lot like a small group to me, you know? I mean, Here's the scenario. Here's what was going on. The apostles were doing the teaching. I mean, look, they're the ones who had walked with Jesus across the countryside for the last three years. They knew his teachings better than anyone else. And so here's what they would do. They would gather in the temple every day, and they would teach the people the things that Jesus had taught them. And then those people would go to their homes that night, invite some friends to come over. They would eat a meal. They would take the Lord's Supper together. That's part of what they did. And then they would talk. And what do you think they talked about? They talked primarily about what they learned earlier in the day from the apostles at the temple. I mean, that's exactly what these guys did. And if you've ever been to a small group before, in fact, hold on, listen, humor me for a second. Let's just do this. If you have ever been to a small group at Parkway Fellowship or your kids have been to a small group at Parkway Fellowship, Right now, raise your hand, put them up in the air. If you or your kids have ever been to a small group, park, keep them up, just put them high. I want everybody to look around. Everybody look around. Look at how many people in this room have been a part of a small group. All right, put them down. That's awesome. I mean, that's incredible. And so for those of you that haven't, I mean, I'm telling you, it's just something that everybody at this church does. Now, if you've ever been part of a small group at this church, you know that one thing that we do is we talk about the apostles' teaching. How do we do that? We do that by studying a book of the Bible verse by verse. Some small groups watch a video uh, and then they t- uh, uh, about a great Bible teaching, and then they talk about it. Some groups read a book about spiritual growth, or they read a marriage book or a parenting book, and then they talk about what they've learned. But no matter what form a small group takes, they all do the same three things. They, meet to, they, they share a meal together or a light snack. There's a Bible lesson, and then they talk about what it means to them. And how it can apply to life. Same three things. That's exactly what a small group does. I remember one of my favorite small groups a few years ago. Um, it was a small group. We, our small group was going through the book of Ezra. Um, I was actually leading that group. And the reason that I chose to go through the book of Ezra, honestly, was because I didn't really know that much about it. I'd never really studied the book of Ezra before. And I really wanted to go deep into that book. And man, we did. 
Did you know that the entire book of Ezra is filled with leadership principles? That the situations and the circumstances in which Ezra found him in forced him to um, enact these leadership principles that were inspired by God. And I'm telling you, I never would have known any of that had I not gone to small group. I wouldn't have known any of it if I hadn't gone to small group. I'm telling you, it was amazing. And see, small group is at Parkway Fellowship, that's where you're going to go deep. That's where you're going to really, you know, crank out your Bible. And you're really going to study this thing. That's where you grow to maturity. Not just you, but your kids as well. In fact, did you know we had some kids and teenagers this last year in small group memorize more than 80 Bible verses? 80. Like, I didn't do that last year. That's it. I mean, that's really impressive. So here's the deal. Um, in your bulletin this morning is a catalog for small groups that are, we're offering this fall. Now, you've probably already seen this thing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to scan through this, and I want you to pick the small group that you're going to be a part of this fall. Now, look, I'm giving you permission to scan through this during the rest of my sermon. Okay? I know. And the reason I'm giving you permission is, honestly, you're, you're going to do it anyway, okay? <laughs> and if I give you permission to do it, then I'm not going to feel so bad like you're just ignoring me the whole time. So if I give you permission, then, it's, then it makes me feel better, all right? So look, so here's the thing. Will you sign up for a small group this fall? I mean, would you be willing to sign you and your kids, your, whether t- elementary school or teenager, would you sign up for a small group? small group this fall. I promise you, if you do, you will learn and you will grow. I know I do. So look, here's my challenge to you. Pick a small group that is going to challenge and push you. Don't just pick an easy one. Pick one that's going to push you a little bit. And when you learn and grow with other people, you will be building a friendship based on a relationship with Christ. And you'll become friends with these people. That's what they did with the early church. All right. Second thing that this passage tells us about small groups is this. Is don't be surprised if you see miracles in small group. Don't be surprised if you see some miracles in small group. Look look at Acts 2.43. How the book of Acts continues. It says, everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Look. These people saw miracles done right before their eyes. Now, we don't know what kind of miracles, but I mean, holy cow, man. Even if someone was just like cured of a rash, I mean, that's great. Especially if you're the one that had the rash, right? All right. Look, I've seen, I've seen many miracles occur in small group. I really have. And, and, and it's, it's happened in small groups that I've attended over the years. One time I saw a young couple struggling with infertility. They've been struggling for more than two years. They became pregnant. I saw another couple that, um, that retired more than $20,000 worth of debt in one small group semester. Man, that's no small miracle. I saw another couple, I'm telling you, I promise you, they were headed for divorce. But during that semester small group, they fell back in love with each other. And they're deeply committed to one another. I mean, I've seen people... I've seen people that had a rebellious teenager that we, 
that turned his life around once we, as a small group, started praying for him. I've seen people um, change their eating habits. I've seen people kick addictions. I've seen people kick long-term smoking habits. I mean, I have seen multiple miracles along the way in small groups. Now look, I want to tell you this. You will only see this happen if you do two things, and these are your two bullet points. You will only see miracles happen if you do two things. First, I need to pray big and bold for people in my small group. I need to pray big and bold for people in my small group. I mean, look, you're not going to see God do any big things unless you ask him to do big things. See, in small group, when you're doing prayer requests, ask God to do something big. I mean, if it's your, your prayer request, ask God to do something really big. I mean, don't be scared or timid like, you know, you might strain God or anything like that. No, ask him for something big. And if people in your small group are asking for prayer requests for themselves and they're not asking for something big and bold, then challenge them on it. Challenge them to ask God, challenge them to ask God for something big and bold because that's when you'll see God do something big and bold. Second thing you gotta do is this, number two. You gotta sign up for small groups semester after semester. Semester after semester. Look, I didn't see God do all these miracles in one semester. I saw God do these miracles over a period of many semesters, okay? And you might be tempted to take a break from small group this fall. Man, don't do that. You know, I mean, in small groups, for those of you who don't know, you sign up for basically three months, and then small group ends. We have a month off, and then everybody re-signs up for small group for the next three months. So it's three months on and a month off. Don't take a semester off, because, even if you think you're going to be busy. Because if you do, here's what will happen. You will miss out on seeing God do something miraculous in your small group. Look, and when you see a miracle happen in a family or in a couple or with their kids, you share their joy. When you see something miraculous happen, you share their joy. And in small group, you share people's joys and you share people's sorrows. And do you know what happens when you do that? you become friends because that's what friends do. They share joys and they share sorrows. So would you be willing to sign up for a small group this fall? You and your family? Look, I mean, I know God's gonna do some miraculous things in small groups, but you have to be there to see it. You've got to be there. And if you are, you're gonna see it happen. And look, you don't have to be a member at this church to go to a small group. We've had first-time guests sign up for small group before. So look, even if you're a first-time guest, if you feel like, man, this is something that I want, this is something that I need in my life, feel free to go ahead and sign up for a small group. We'd love to have you. They're, they're not just for members only, okay? Third, here's the third thing this morning. Third thing is this. The Bible says, I need to be committed to small group and the people in it. You gotta be committed to small group and the people that are in it. <clears throat> Look how this passage closes, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. How amazing is that? I mean, there were people in this early church, they were willing to sell off some of their possessions so that they could help people that were in real need. Now, that's caring about someone. I mean, you can see why the people on the outside looking in could not understand how these people really cared about each other so much that they were willing to sell off some of their possessions so they could help one another. 
I mean, that's really caring for one another. And one of the greatest things about small group is the feeling you get when you help someone that's in your small group. I mean, I know we talk a lot about in small group, when we teach about small group, we talk about the fact that you, you, need, you need to be in small group because, you know, if you get sick or you find yourself in a crisis, your small group, they're going to be the one that are going to come visit you in the hospital. They're going to come care for you. They're going to come help you. But one thing we rarely talk about is how much fun it is to help someone else. How much fun it is to help someone else. I remember a small group a couple summers ago, um, there was a family in our small group, man, they, they found themselves in a crisis. So like six of the guys, we went over there on an afternoon just to mow and edge the lawn. I mean, it only, with six of us, it only took us like 15, 20 minutes. It's not like it took a long time. But I'm telling you what, when it was done, we felt so good. We felt so good. See, when you help someone that really is in need, you feel good because you know that you've made a real difference. You know that you've eased a heavy burden. You know that you've done something that's meaningful to help that family in crisis. Because in small group, it gives that person, you know, one less thing to worry about. You do what friends do. You're committed to one another and you help one another. That's what it means to be in a small group. Now, talk about your kids for just a second. Parents, grandparents, um, there's no easy way to say this. So let me just say it, okay? Your kid, as talented as your kid is, is probably not going to be the next Michael Phelps, okay? In whatever sport they're playing, they're probably not going to be the next Michael Phelps in that sport, okay? And it's just probably not going to happen. But the things they're going to learn in small group, I can almost guarantee you that they're going to need that in life. And so it is up to you, parents and grandparents, to help your child have a place guarded in their weekly schedule so that they can attend a small group. Let me tell you a true story. I heard a, a story this week about a young teenage girl in our church this last year. I mean, she's, in, she's involved in dance, and she's, like, really, really good at it. And so um, when she finally got to this super high level, her dance studio, um, those those practices were scheduled on Wednesday nights, which took her out of her youth small group. And she said, as the year progressed, it became harder and harder for her to bear the temptations that she was facing. And so you know what she did? She went to her parents and said, Mom, Dad, I need to change dance studios. I need to find one that I can compete at this level, but still have my Wednesday nights free. And that's exactly what her parents allowed her to do. And once she got back into small group, she was like, oh. it was such a relief for her. So mom and dad, it is up to you to guard your kids' schedule so that they can be a part of something that they will use for the rest of their lives. That's what it means. I want to show you what a small group is like, and then when I come back, I'm going to wrap it up. So let's go ahead and show this video, and then I'm going to come back with 
couple comments will be finished. If you were to visit Parkway Fellowship on a Sunday morning, you'd see a lot of exciting things going on. Fantastic programming for kids, engaging sermons, exceptional worship, and an outstanding student ministry. What you wouldn't necessarily see with your eyes, though, is the core of our ministry here at the park. The building blocks of our church are small groups. At Parkway Fellowship, small groups are the way we build community and grow to spiritual maturity. It's in our DNA. We believe so strongly in the value of being a part of a small group, in fact, that we get our kids into small groups before they're even in kindergarten. It's our hope that every member of your family would join a small group. An adult small group is made up of around 12 to 15 people that meet in homes just like this all around the Katy area. Our groups operate on a semester system, fall, spring, and summer, which aligns with the school calendar. We take about a month off in between each semester. You can stick with the same people or join a completely new group each semester. It's up to you. And our groups cover a wide array of topics, so there's always something new to learn. Our kids and student small groups meet on Wednesday nights. You can learn more about them on our website. At Parkway Fellowship, a small group is where you're going to deepen your understanding of God's Word. It's where you're going to make friends. It's where you're going to pray and be prayed for. It's where you're going to meet the needs of others and have your needs met. A small group is where the real community and spiritual growth happens. We like to say that Parkway Fellowship is not simply a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. It's not one of many things we do in addition to Sunday mornings. It is the thing we do in addition to Sunday mornings. We have hundreds of kids, students, and adults all around this community who regularly participate in our small groups. Now it's your turn. Join a small group today. We love small groups. Join a small group today. Join a small group. Join a small group. Join a small group now. Join a small group. Join a small group. Join a small group. Join a small group. So join a small group. Okay. Look, folks, we've got our grand opening in three weeks. And three weeks from now, our small groups at this church begin. They begin um, for students and kids the night of the 12th of September. For adults, they begin the week of the 16th of September. So you've got three weeks to sign up, you and your entire family, for a small group. Because when you sign up for a small group, That's when you put yourself in a position where you're going to learn and grow. That's when you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to see miracles happen. That's when you find yourself in a place where you can can be committed to other people. And other people can be committed back to you. But it only happens in a small group. And I'm telling you from personal experience with my friend Mark, that is where you're going to find friendships that are built on the permanent foundation of Christ. And those are the friendships for you and your kids that will last. So join a small group. I want everybody right now, pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And on your card and on the notes, I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to commit to this morning. And maybe it's this first next step. I hope it is. Number one, Sign me up to be in a small group this fall, starting the week of 9-16. This is for adults. And here's what I want you to do. You need to, there's a, in the catalog, there's a code written by every small group, okay? 
write the code in there. Don't write the name of the small group because there's multiple small groups that have the same name. You have to write the code. So write the code in that little box. Now look, in, when you do that, you have to make sure you have the front of the card filled out. If we don't have your name and information on the front of the card, writing the code won't do any good because we don't know who it goes with. So fill out the front and the back, okay? And don't do it as a couple. Do them individually because that way we know for sure that both of you are signed up for a group, okay? So everybody turn in your own card. Number two, sign my child or teenager up for a small group this fall starting on 9-12. Now look, here I need you to not just put the code, but I need you to put the name of your teenager or child, because, like, you got multiple kids. We don't know who you're signing up, okay? So I need their child's name and also the code for their group. And all those codes are in the small group catalog. And if you've got more than three kids, just write them out to the side or write them down here on the prayer request. I mean, you know, we're smart people. We know how to read this card. We can figure it out, okay? But get it on there, all right? Number three, put me down as assistant leader in my small group to train to be a leader for the spring semester. Look, we got some of you folks, you've been going to small group for a long time, and you've got leadership skills potentials. You just have never stepped up. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, you know what? I'm going to be an assistant leader. I'm going into this knowing that I'm gonna, I want to be named an assistant leader, and my leader is going to coach me throughout the semester of what to do, how to prepare, how to get ready, so that I can lead a small group perhaps in the spring. You're not necessarily committed to leading in the spring, but you're putting yourself in a position where if you feel led, you could. But to do that, it helps to be an assistant leader for at least one semester. But this next one. I will sign our family up for a small group online this week, so email me a link. You know, maybe for you, you think, well, I mean, there's so many choices, I don't even know what to pick. Hey, that's fine. Make a commitment to sign up online, and we will email you a link. Probably late Tuesdays, probably, because we have to get everybody from this morning entered in first. Because look, and here's the thing. I really want you to consider signing up this morning, because once a small group is full, like, it's full. And we don't let more people join. Each small group has a maximum of 16 people in it. And after that, it's full. So there will be some small groups that will fill after this morning. And they won't be available online. So if there's a group you really want in, get in this morning. But if you really want to go home, think about it, talk about it, kick it around, that's fine. Check this box and we'll email you a link probably late Tuesday uh, this week, maybe early Wednesday. It depends on how many we have to get entered. Uh, how about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. Look, it's hard to develop friendships based on Christ unless your life is based on Christ. And the first step to basing your life on Christ is asking him to come into your heart to forgive you for everything you've ever done and pledging your life to follow him. If you've never done that, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. Pray that prayer right now. But check this box because I want to um, mail you some free stuff in the mail. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a table just before you walk outside of these doors. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you for, thanks for small groups. God, God, that God, that small groups have been a tool that you have used since the beginning of the early church to help people develop meaningful friendships, to leave a legacy of friendships, literally that that legacy has endured till today. And I ask that you would let that legacy build for us as well as our teenagers and our kids. 
as they build friendships that will last, not just for a semester, but will last for a lifetime. And I ask that you would let us see miracles and you at work powerfully in our lives and the lives of people in our small groups. Help everybody in this room to sign up for a group this fall. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 